It's Bradshaw again. Uh, this is part two of our two-part episode this week. This will cover everything on the court, all the playoff series, so Bucks, Nets, Hawks, Sixers, Clippers, Jazz. Uh, Karina and I give our thoughts on all three of those series and then have a little fun at the end about kind of which NBA player we'd like to hang out with the most. So that'll be in this part of the episode. And then part one was everything off the court, all the off-court drama. So the Boston-Oklahoma City trade, the Mavs drama, and all the coaching hires. So if you want to hear that, listen to part one. Uh, so yeah. Here's part two. Enjoy. Canada, the NBA title is yours. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, to shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Now let's move on to the playoffs. The actual basketball. Let's talk about some actual basketball. Finally. Finally. Let's talk about some actual basketball here. Uh, I think the obvious one, again, we're going to start with the Bucks and Nets yet again. Because they played, as we recorded this, they played last night. They played on Thursday. Uh, the Bucks won. Look at that. They won at home again. They've won 13 straight home games. Uh, so they will have to go to Brooklyn for game seven. Um, they looked like crap for most of the game, to be honest with you. They were leading... But they were not inspiring confidence until, until something everyone had been calling for the entire series. They had only gone with it for 25 possessions before this game. The Giannis at center lineup. And the Giannis at center lineup absolutely killed the Brooklyn Nets. So last night, the lineup of Giannis, PJ Tucker, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday had a... <clears throat> A plus 54.8 net rating in 12 minutes. Uh, in the playoffs, that same group has had a plus 41.6 net rating. And Giannis at center lineups are plus 18 uh, in the playoffs. So it works. It works. Crazy, right? That's wow. The thing that everyone knew would be good is good. Um, so I guess aside from that, did you see anything from the Bucks that made you kind of more confident in them? Are you kind of less confident? Are you more confident in the Nets? Like, where are you at with this series now going to a final game? My confidence has been fluctuating throughout this whole series, you know, as it does in a seven game series. Uh, you know, one time you think, oh, this team's going to take it. Oh, no, no, it's this team. And that's essentially how I've been through this series because the Bucks have won like their home games and at home, they look like they can actually take care of the series. But then you have the Nets be the Nets, and you're like, ah, ah, you know, we had those ugly games too, which kind of sucked. But yeah, game three in particular. I think the only thing that's tipping me in the Nets direction right now, well, a couple of things. One is that they have home home court advantage. And I think that's going to help a lot. I think mm -hmm. last year in the bubble, we really underrated how helpful having home court advantage is. And I think that we definitely saw that with the Raptors this season, because even with all their struggles, I think they would have been in a much better position if they were to play in Scotiabank Arena. And so that's going to help. I think another thing that helps is that Harden's kind of getting his reps in again. And he was looking like he was getting much better in this game. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's going to help a lot. You know, Katie's playing is going to be Katie. I, the Bucks did a pretty good job on him, I think, mm -hmm. in this game compared to his 49-point uh, performance the other night. <laughs> Ooh. 
but yeah, I think this, I think the game seven is going to be a lot closer, but I am going to give it to the Nets. Okay. I, I, I'm still not quite sure. I'll, I'll get to my prediction in a little bit. I'll go through some of the Nets stuff. Uh, obviously, like you said, Katie and Harden played heavy minutes yet again. Uh, after Reggie Miller, I mean, maybe Reggie Miller was right. You know, maybe they should have rested KT. That was an insane tweet. You can't even get through that sentence without like laughing. It's by far like one of the worst takes I've ever seen. Like it's one of the worst sports takes. I think like not even just like basketball. It's just one of the worst overall sports takes I've ever seen. Like what coach would act if you are an NBA coach and you actively chose to rest your two best rest them in a game six where you could win the series. So you could potentially for it. So you could just have them ready for game seven. I would actually I'd fire you mid series. I'm not even like that's not even hyperbole. I'd fire you mid series because that's like that's ridiculous. That's by far the dumbest thing you could do. Um, so they, but hey, they they lost with them playing heavy minutes again until garbage time. Uh, Joe Harris, I will give you some Joe Harris numbers. Since game one, he has scored seven point six points per game, twenty five point eight percent from three on six attempts per game. Uh, he has not shot the ball very well since game one. Uh, it's looking like so like We're those. Due. Are, we're due for a Joe Harris game, right? I mean, the Bucks are shooting like less than 30% on wide open sh- threes. So they're also due for some shooting variants, hopefully. So, hey, maybe it'll be Joe Harris versus the Bucks in game seven. It'll just be them bombing threes the entire game. Um, you heard it here first. Or yeah. not first, but <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Joe Harris does in game seven. Because, again, he has not shot the ball very well. He got that one three in game six. Looked like he was ready to go. And then just, I think that, but I, but I think at that point, the game was already kind of getting out of hand. So maybe that got him going. Uh, James Harden, like you said, looked like he was getting going a little bit. I think he had 16 or so points. He started to attack the rim a little bit. That's scary. Uh, if you're a Bucks fan, which I am, uh, you're a little worried about that, but I, I'm, I'm just, my one hang up is like, if you, if Bud is smart enough, not even just smart enough, if he's willing to go to the Giannis at center lineup for a little like more consistently like Bud like Brooke still has to play Brooke will still have to play because you're not going to just run like a six-man rotate I mean you could run a six-man rotation but Brooke has val Brooke does still have value in this series he's a, still a good paint presence rim protector all that everyone knows what Brooke does well he's gonna play it's just how willing are you to go to those Giannis at center lineups for more than like 12 obviously the 12 minutes were just because they blew him out uh, by that point, but how much more willing are you? Like, because it looked good. That was the reason they won that game. That was the reason why they were able to get some separation. Aside from Chris Middleton, he had a he had a very good game. Uh, it's kind of interesting that you know Can Kevin Durant do it again though. Kevin Durant didn't want to guard him. That's 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 crazy. Mm. Best player in the world didn't want to guard. Well, that's wild. That's wild. That's, mm, that's wild. That's kind of crazy to me. Um. I don't know. CJ McCollum didn't seem to have a take on that. That's interesting. <laughs> CJ McCollum's takes on defense are okay. certainly interesting. I will tell you, like, CJ McCollum should not be tweeting. Like, he, he should just put his phone <laughs> away. Like, I just like, don't understand. Like, these players, I, I just, you have the option to just take your phone, flip it around, put it down, and not tweet anything. Like, it, it, it's not worth It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. What what bothered me, I think, the most about that because we saw it again last series. Uh, we saw it again last. We saw it last year when Giannis didn't guard Jimmy Butler, and we spoke. But then we saw against Miami, he did a good job. He did a, well, a really good job against Jimmy Butler. He kind of locked him down. But he that's not those aren't the same type of players. Jimmy Butler and KD, they're on completely different levels of the spectrum in terms of how how they score, 
how they like dribble the ball. They're much different players. And how they're seen, built. How they're built. <laughs> we've seen like there are highlights in this series of like KD crossing up Giannis and like shooting over Giannis. Like Giannis struggles to deal with quicker players. It's that should be something that people understand. Like he's fine at like you saw it a couple times where they would like switch KD onto Giannis and Giannis would get a good contest. But for a consistent, like getting him consistently, that's not going to work. He's going to take him off the dribble. He's going to get him on screens because Giannis is seven feet and it's hard for seven footers to get over screens. Crazy, right? Um, like, that was just silly to me. Like that that whole narrative was weird. I think I should he should have gotten a little bit more uh, possessions on him, and you saw that a little bit more in Game Six. But uh, nobody, I don't think, had many people were stopping Kevin Durant in Game Five. That was um, one of the best performances I've ever seen in any sport. Period, and that was tough that it was against the team that I cheer for. Um, I still, for as for a prediction for game seven, you, you went with the Nets, right? For game seven? Yep, Nets and seven. I said Nets and seven at the beginning of the series. Obviously, that was assuming everyone was healthy, but now looking at it, I, that would have been a lot lower if I knew it how good the Nets were. It doesn't matter what we say. As long as the S doesn't tweet anything out, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated him uh, giving the Bucks the win before the game. I, I didn't even need to watch. Why did I even bother watching? I could have been more productive with my time. I knew the second he tweeted that I knew what was going to happen. Like it, I knew the result already. It's, we'll we'll it's get insane. to the origins of that, uh, of that story in our next series uh, in a second. Um, my official prediction for game seven, I'm going to go with the nets purely because I'm not confident that bud will run Giannis at center enough. Uh, he saw how well it worked. Everyone saw it. And I'm still not sure if he'll go to it uh, enough for the, for it to matter. They had a they had a lead in game five. The series should be over. They should be in the conference finals right now. We'll see. We'll see. He's literally coaching for his job right now because the Bucs decide that one game is what decides his job. Um, let's go to the other Eastern Conference series, the Hawks and the Sixers. Uh, the origins of that S tweet, my former co-host, uh, decided to tweet during the middle of uh, game five. Sorry, game. Yeah, game five. Game five that the Sixers were going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were up by like 20 or something. And the Hawks won the game. <laughs> they blew a 26-point lead. Woo! So that leads me to this question. What collapse was worse in game five? Was it the Bucks or was it the Sixers? Personally. It was okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna like get so mad. Just go. No, no, go. I want I want to hear you get upset, please. Go ahead. Well, I'm gonna set okay, okay. I guess it's that it's that time in the pod um, where I'm gonna say <laughs> Karina Rant it's time. the Sixers. It's right. the Sixers. The Sixers collapse was worse. Okay. The Sixers, if you've been listening to me or reading my tweets, you know that I am very, very frustrated with this team. And I'm very, very frustrated with a specific Ben Simmons. Um, no one is scoring. I don't understand. Like, it's just they were outscored 40 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Only Embiid and Seth Curry scored in that second half, which is ridiculous. And then you have Embiid. Embiid is also like, even though he scored in that second half, like he's kind of been struggling at the end of uh, games. And, you know, that's not to blame because he's going through a really Mm -hmm. serious injury. But when you have players like Tobias Harris, not performing when you have Seth Curry being the only one kind of carrying your team over. Like that's not enough. That's not what Seth Curry is there for. He's not supposed to be part of that big, you know, three or whatever, big two. 
Um, and so Ben Simmons and, you know, Daniel Alling, Allinger, Allinger um, sorry if I mispronounced that, he wrote an article about this uh, today. And he said, no matter who's to blame for game five, Ben Simmons has to be better. And I agree. And some of the points that he highlighted was that when you watch him, when you watch Simmons on the floor, he'll start the first half of the play. So like he'll roll or whatever. And then he just kind of stops and he just looks completely disengaged. And I I said this last week in, you know, less nicer words, but it's like, he's just walking around. He's not looking active. He's not looking to do anything. And I get that. It's a lot to expect like a ton of offense from him. I know that's not the kind of player that he is, but at the same time, he's not really trying to do anything. Like he doesn't. And I just don't understand why I'm like, what is happening? Like what is stopping like from the first half of the play to the second half of the play for you not to finish anything. And, you know, if he continues to play like this, then it's very, very possible that the Hawks are going to take care of the Sixers and still going to find a way to blame it on S because (laughs) S should never have tweeted that. (laughs) But yeah, it's just been like overall very disappointing uh, because I had the Sixers as like a sleeper team in the playoffs Mm -hmm. And I just, and I, and I had like so much belief in them. And I actually, I'm, I'm like one of the few Raptors fans that actually like the Sixers because a lot of Raptors fans like just have this like immense hate for them. And it's, it's just sad. It's what it is. And it's, and it's, it's making me like not hate Trey Young that much. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Insane. We'll get to that. Uh, you actually uh, said a lot of the points I was going to say, so I'll just uh, bring. I'll just use the stats that I was going to use. We'll just fill in the. I'll just fill in the gaps here a little bit. Uh, so you said uh, the second half of games, game five. God, I keep forgetting which game was game five. Uh, that no one scored except for Embiid and Seth uh, Seth Curry. Uh, non Curry Sixers in the second half. So that's including Joel Embiid. They shot three for twenty one. That's fourteen point two percent. Um, Ben Simmons, his last two second halves in this game, in this series, so game four and five, again, both losses. He played just under 38 minutes and he took two shots. That's not going to get it done, especially when your star is not playing very well. Speaking of your star, we don't talk about Joel Embiid enough. Last two second halves, he shot three for 21 uh, in the in games four and five in the second half of both of those games. Uh, not great from your two best players. Again, obviously, Embiid's playing on a bum knee, so you have a bit of an excuse there, but if your star is not going to be playing well, your second best player or supposedly your second best player needs to step it up. And again, you said that offense and scoring isn't necessarily Ben Simmons's game, but we've seen him have games where he scores a lot of points. Like I said last week, he has a season high of 26 field goal attempts and a low of two. Like there's no, that's crazy for a star player to have that kind of swing in their field goal attempts. I could see that from like a bench guy. Absolutely. Like a guy that like, you know, steps in one game, takes a bunch of shots, and then usually he's on the bench. But if you're a, the, supposed to be the second star on this team and your gap of shot attempts, your season high to your season low is 26 to two, and you played all of the minutes in both of those games, I, I just don't understand like what's holding you back here. You see Embiid's not performing. You see he's struggling. He went 0 for 12 in a game. And you decided it's okay. I'm just going to take the one shot and uh, be be done with that. Especially when you're not 
performing at the free throw line. Like that's the thing with Giannis it, is that, yeah, he's not performing well at the free throw line. He's still performing better than Simmons is the free throw line somehow uh, by like 10%, which is not by, which is a ton when you realize that Ben Simmons is shooting 30% on free throws. But when you're shooting 30% the line and you're not giving your team anything else offensively, like aside from your passing, if you're not giving them anything else scoring wise, you're a liability on offense. You're turning into a liability. If you're not taking shots, you're not being aggressive and you're just sitting there to pass teams can start ignoring you. They don't have to worry about you scoring because they know you're going to take two shots in 38 minutes. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. And I just, I, I don't like to hate on Ben Simmons because I'm, I'm someone who does like Ben Simmons. I love watching him play when he's aggressive, but when he's playing like this, it's incredibly hard to defend. It's impossible to defend Ben Simmons when he plays like this. Even Sixers fans are finding it hard to defend Ben Simmons at this point because like what you can't, you literally can't defend this. There's nothing to defend. It's like guarding Ben Simmons. There's nothing to defend. Like it's, I don't really know. I don't really know. <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> wow. That was that was off the top of my head. Um, that's... No, that that needs to be clipped. That's, okay. <laughs> wow. That was I, I great. Just, I, it's I I really do I maybe again we're recording this Friday afternoon. Maybe Ben Simmons comes out tonight and he has a crazy game. But I think I said that last week too. Um, it's just been it's been really disappointing to watch, like just how bad he's been offensively when he's such a talented, talented player and you see it, you see the talent there, but I don't know. Uh, so like you said, Trey young, is he, uh, is he redeeming himself at all in your eyes? Are you starting to hop on the tray wagon? Weird. So this is what's happening in this series and I am not very happy, but my frustration with Ben Simmons is starting to override my frustration with Trey young and it's resulted in like a weird feeling where <laughs> Trey Young is like, he was a little bit like calmer in the last game, as in like attitude wise, not points wise, obviously, because he did really well, but mm-hmm. he's no longer, you know, shushing the crowd or doing any of that. I think he's, you know, he's realizing the importance of what the Hawks are about to do. Mm. And so I think that's a lot more important. That's something that I can respect, you know, just kind of being like a little bit more locked in and less like silly. Uh, And so I am in a weird position right now because all the things that I didn't like about Trey Young, you know, there's, they're still there, Mm. but like some parts are, are less than they were before. So I've turned into like, kind of like, a little bit neutral about him and i'm just focusing my anger towards the australian so like on like the, there's like the, the meter here where like everywhere it's all the way to the left is like okay i like this guy like if you're all the way to the left like that's your favorite player that's like kyle lowry all the way to the right is ben simmons he's your least favorite player i don't know actually if he's your least but like we'll say ben simmons for this example are you saying you're like trending you're like right in the middle now with with Trey, or you're leaning a little more. Put him, put him closer to Ben. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so he's still he's still further down on the right. You said neutral, so I gave you the gave you here, but like a little almost neutral. Okay, so yeah, he's 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 like right. Yeah, okay. He's halfway between Ben Simmons and neutral. Sure. Let's go with that. All right, we're we're getting closer. We're getting closer to figuring out where how much Karina hates Trey Young Uh, for the Hawks. Um. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because, again, we're recording this ahead of game six, so they could lose. 
uh, but they they have a three two lead, so we have to talk about it. They're one game away from the conference finals. Are they kind of like because no one kind of thought they would get this far? I don't think the Hawks kind of expected to get this far, but are they kind of like the most unlikely fi- like conference finals team of the past like I don't know decade plus? Like all the other teams, you kind of thought like okay, the Raptors and the Bucks a couple years ago, maybe the Heat, but everyone kind of thought the Heat had a had a bit of a chance, but like the Heat would be kind of their one rival, I think, uh, in this. Are they kind of, but yeah, are they kind of like the more unlikely, one of the more unlikely teams in the last 10 to 15 years? I feel like the the flip from the Hawks being like really bad and the Hawks being like actually good <laughs> happened like that like yeah. really quickly. Um, and so I'm still not used to it. And I think the same thing kind of happened with the Knicks where I was so used to them being bad for so long that now that they're actually like making progress, my brain doesn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just like, are they supposed to be here? Like what? Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at um, in terms of like unlikely. I don't know if it's unlikely. I think it's just more like something that I need to adjust to more than it being unlikely. Cause they have a good roster. Are they, a, are they a, like one of the bigger surprise conference finals teams? Definitely surprised. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll say one of the bigger, like one of the biggest surprise conference finals teams. And like, yeah, I just, I, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm thinking like the heat are one of the ones, maybe the, the Celtics in their first, like when uh, Kyrie went down and they didn't have Gordon Hayward for that season, they got all the way to the conference finals, but it's, it's the, the fact of like the Hawks, like you said, were bad. Like they were not good these last few seasons. And then even like halfway through this year, they were just okay fired their coach, got healthy. And now they're like, they're a game away from the conference finals and look really, really good. Um, Do you have any confidence? What's your confidence meter? If you could give me like, we'll use the, we'll use that. We'll use the scale again, all the way to the left. You're super confident all the way to the right. You have no confidence at all. Where on the meter are you for them going to the finals, not winning the championship, just going to the finals. I'm like, I'm so back and forth on this because on one hand, I'm like, nah, like whoever comes out of this Nets Bucks matchup. And if the Hawks do come out of, you know, out of the Sixers, I think they'll lose to either the Bucks or the Nets. But at the same time, I thought they would lose to the Knicks. I thought they would lose to the Sixers. So what do I know? Really? I mean, anything can happen. And with the season that we've had, I wouldn't be surprised if they made the finals like literally anything can happen. And in a season where there's so many unknowns and like, like God forbid, like any more injuries happen because we really don't need that. But that throws like that throws things in like a huge loop. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've seen it with the nets now. Like I think the series would have been over without all those injuries. And so it, it is what it is. If it happens, god i don't i don't know what like honestly if we get a bucks hawks conference finals i might cheer for the bucks i won't lie whoa your hate <laughs> for tra- your hate for, for trey young would consume you too much that you would have to maybe, cheer maybe you'd have to cheer for the deer the district thing. you'd have to cheer for the deer district okay don't don't bring up that godforsaken place but i will say like i don't hate the bucks it's just fun to root against them. All right. I'll take that. I can take that. You know? Okay. I'm okay with that. I, I, cause that's the, okay. That's the one thing I will, again, I won't like, I won't get too far into this. I've just never understood why fans hate the Bucks. 
Like, yeah, I don't hate, hate them. It's just fun to root against. That's them. fine. Like, it's fun to root against the Raptors for me. Like, I understand that. I don't hate the Raptors, though. I don't have any hate towards the Raptors. They beat the Bucks twice, and I don't hate the Raptors. Weird, weird behavior. But anyway, if I had to hop on the little meter as well, I'd probably like where you are with Trey Young. I'm like a slightly ahead of that for the Hawks going to the finals. I think there's a chance, like, especially with the Nets, like it depends how healthy they are. If maybe James Harden's hammy doesn't hold up for another series. Uh, Kyrie depends on when he's coming back, if he can come back for that series at all. And then the Bucks. <laughs> it's what who should what Bucks 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 team shows up for that series? I don't know. I don't know what Bucks team's showing up tomorrow. Or I guess tonight if you're listening to this on Saturday. Or if you're listening to it on Sunday yesterday what bucks team showed up i don't know yet you can tell me i don't know what team showed up um i'm not i'm not overly confident on them going to the finals the the, the hawks not the bucks bucks a little bit too um but yeah i, I i'm about i'm about where you are with trey young on that that section of the meter uh let's finish up well finish up the series that are still going on with jazz clippers uh i'm just gonna get one kind of uh statement out of the way right now um please respect paul george that's not a big ask you don't have to like him respect him damn it he's a really damn good player uh he led the clippers to a game five win and put them one game away from the conference finals without Kawhi leonard paul george is still really really good and if he didn't have shoulder surgery he that's like he's would have had a good playoff run stop with this pandemic p stuff please he's a good player stop the slander he's just a really good player um let's get into the, the clippers without Kawhi though um, how far do we think they can go without him? Because you're kind of relying on, well, obviously you're relying on Paul George. That's fine. But after that, you're relying on Reggie Jackson, who in this playoffs has been fantastic. He's averaging almost 16 points a game, shooting power over 40. Power of the goggles. The, the power of the goggles. He can, see, he can see the basket better. That's what it is. He can see the basket. It's like, it's like when, uh, you know, LeBron was like, I'm shooting at three rims. I shot at the middle one. Like, I can see. I don't have to see three rims. I oh, see God. the one rim that I'm supposed to shoot at here. Uh, average Again, 16, almost 16 points a game, over 43% from three. He's shooting over 50% from three in this series. Uh, he's been really good. Marcus Morris in the playoffs is shooting over 40% from three as well. But he's a guy, he's been streaky. He's had five games with 15 plus points. The other seven, he's had under 10 points. So it's just kind of like, how confident are you that those two can keep doing what they're doing? That's kind of where I'm at because how far the Clippers go isn't how far Paul George can take them. Cause Paul George, I think now he'll give you his, he'll probably give you 30 plus however many games he has to play for the rest of the playoffs. How confident are you they can go far with Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson kind of being the number two and three scorer? Is I think the farthest they go is to the Western Conference Finals. I think I've been, I was very like pessimistic with this series before it started. I thought the Jazz were going to take care of the Clippers. And I've been, I was kind of mad at the beginning, but now I've been pleasantly surprised by them. And, you know, I talked about this on another pod, but you have a star like Paul George who knows how to step up. Cough, cough, Ben Simmons. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Even like, I think with or without Kawhi, I just, 
have too much confidence in the Phoenix Suns right now. So I don't think they get past them. But I do think they have a good chance to get out of this Jazz series. Um, And we're going to talk about this too, like with the Jazz, like with Mitchell, Mm -hmm. like playing through that injury. And it's just, it's something's changed. Like it it seems like the Clippers have like taken a hold of this and, you know, good for them. But I think that's kind of where it stops. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same place. I don't don't think that's enough to beat Phoenix. I think Phoenix is too good of a team. And it seems like Kawhi is not going to be We'll get to more of the injury stuff in a little bit, but uh, it seems like he's going to be out for kind of the rest of, at least the rest of this series and probably the rest of the playoffs that it's an ACL injury. And it looks, it sounds like it's kind of severe. Um, we'll see uh, for the jazz though. I just, cause I want to have confidence in the jazz. Like they had, they had a really bad shooting game in the second half of game five. They shot three of 24 from three in the second half of game five. That's not good. Uh, I think anybody could agree. That's not very good. Um, but Donovan Mitchell hasn't been good either. We talked about the last two second halves for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Mitchell, six of 26 from the field in the last two second halves of these games. He starts well, he starts well enough, but I just, is it like a, it, like his ankle, like just isn't holding up over these, over these games. Like, I just have to wonder what it is. He played so incredibly well. And obviously you couldn't expect like crazy 40 point games, every game from Donovan Mitchell, as much as, as good as he's been, but I just, I'm wondering, like, I, I want the jazz to obviously I've been like, like leading the jazz band, I think is the thing I've been saying, but it, like the, it's there for the taking. Like you had now have the Clippers shorthanded without Kawhi. And all you have to do is just make sure Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris don't go crazy. It seems like that shouldn't be too hard of a proposition. It seems like they shouldn't need Mike Conley back, but do they need Mike Conley? Are, are you, can the jazz essentially, can the jazz win this series without Mike Conley? Can they beat the, the Clippers as currently constructed? Yeah. The thing is with the jazz is like when they're, when they're three point three pointers aren't falling, it's just, they can't do it. Um, and so when, when they are falling, they look like a really dangerous team, but I think at this point, if it just, if this just keeps happening and like, like you said, if they can't, do anything about Mr. Magic Goggles and Mr. Twin. Like, I just, I don't know. I sure. Those right now. <laughs> sure. Let's roll with it. Um, <laughs> if they can't do that, then I, I kind of see this series like slipping out of their hands. And it is too bad because I, I did have some confidence in them. And there's always like, there's always a lot of teams that you want to see kind of succeed a little bit but it gets to a point where it's too many of them. Like, you know, you want to see you, you want to see the jazz succeed. You want to see Portland, you know, get over that hump, you know, all these teams, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the best of the best. And unfortunately it seems like the Clippers don't need Kawhi. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I, I think, I think the jazz can still do it. Um, Let's do a couple quick predictions here. Well, how do you think, uh, again, these will be out of date probably by the time people listen to them anyway. So we'll look stupid or we might not, but uh out of these two series yeah with both well if we're wrong we could just say we jinxed it like s does exactly uh so for these last two series jazz hawks or sorry for jazz hawks Jazz Hawks. that's the finals that's the finals can you tell we've been recording for like over two hours okay jazz hawks (laughs) the finals um okay jazz clippers give me a prediction uh do the clippers end it tonight or do the jazz push at seven I think the Clippers end it tonight. Um, honestly, I thought they would lose in the last game. I was proven wrong. And I think that they're a lot hungrier. And I think that they will take care of it. Okay. I'm going to go with the Jazz. I think the Jazz are just too good. 
Uh, I think I think another game seven. I'd like another game seven. Uh, And then Hawks Sixers. Hawks end it tonight, or do the Sixers push it to seven? This is such a tough decision. I'm gonna go with my heart, unfortunately, and say that the Sixers okay are gonna pull it out and force a game seven because if they don't, I'm gonna be very upset. I also I agree. I, I think the Sixers are gonna force a game seven. I think we're getting three game seven. We're gonna get three three game sevens. Ideally, okay. we get three game sevens. Ideally. Uh, okay. Just for the record, I would love enough like three game sevens. Like if the Jazz pull it out tonight, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be upset. Of course. It's just you just you know, don't see it happening. The, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, that's it. But I hope I'm proven wrong. <laughs> uh, we have a couple more things. We'll try to get through this quick because this has been a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy pod. Um, Chris Paul has COVID. That's unfortunate. Uh, there's a lot of injuries right now. Let me list off all the injuries. I tweeted this out. These are just the teams that are remaining in the second round of the playoffs. So Laker fans, get off my back. There was a Laker fan that was not getting off my back. Um, the Hawks, DeAndre Hunter has surgery. Sixers, Joel Embiid, torn meniscus. Danny Green is also out for the rest of the series. Kyrie Irving has an ankle injury. James Harden has a hamstring injury. CP's in health and safety protocols and has a shoulder injury. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has an ankle injury. Mike Conley has a hamstring injury. Dante DiVincenzo had surgery. Kawhi Leonard's knee is done. Um, Serge Ibaka's back is banged up. Uh, Jamal Murray was out for the playoffs. MPJ had a back injury by the time he got out. Uh, Cam Reddish has a Achilles injury. There's a lot of injuries right now. It's been absolutely bonkers. Uh, every team left in the second round has a starter out or potentially two, if you're the Sixers or the Nets. Um, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to make of this. Like it's, it's really unfortunate that we're not seeing our favorite players. Some of our favorite players. I don't know how you feel about some of these guys, but some of our favorite players aren't playing. LeBron spoke out about it. LeBron had to had to speak. Uh, Karina has just rolled her eyes heavily. So please give me your thoughts on LeBron speaking out. Okay. So I feel like we always find a way to just bring out my problems with LeBron. LeBron. Okay. So LeBron spoke out, said that nobody listened to him and that it's part of the business and blah, 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 whatever. Anyway. Here's the thing. He can complain all he wants, but he looks really bad because if anyone's going to speak about playing basketball all year long, it's going to be WNBA players. I mean, they go overseas and it's just LeBron like always finds a way to just complain about things, but doesn't actually do anything about it. Like, yes, we've been talking about the condensed season all season long. We've been talking about the injuries just because you're complaining. Like what is going to happen? What's going to happen now? It's too late. Like it's literally too late. And it's just, it kind of, I feel like he, like, like we, we talked about this before that he always has to create this narrative. And I feel like it's still, this is somehow bringing it back to his own team and like how they're not in the playoffs anymore. And I just, I'm so tired of it. Like I, and you saw, I don't know. No one knows this, but I'm, I'm officially except for Bradshaw, but officially announcing it now i have muted lebron james on twitter because i honestly i can't i can't take it anymore uh yeah it's just it's just why like i (laughs) I, I just don't understand i that's that's still i said this to her yesterday that it's the, the funniest thing that she muted lebron james like what a weird thing to do to lebron james's twitter it's it's great but i i think that that's just so funny to me um 
Yeah, it just seems like LeBron's talking to talk at this point. Obviously, the NBA, the NBA cares. The NBA is worried when LeBron speaks out about something like this. But, I mean, it prompted them to say that, like, injuries aren't up. Uh, Baxter Holmes had a piece for ESPN, said that, you know, injuries are up. But the NBA is like, ah, nah, nah. no, they're not. Uh, they're, they're up. They are up a little bit. They are up a little bit. Not by not, not a ton, but a little bit. And we're going to see it next year. They're going to have a short off season, quick turnaround this next season. So we'll see. It's a long discussion. It's too long of a discussion to have on a podcast. that's already gone on for this, for us recording for this long. Uh, we'll go quickly through this last one. We wanted to end off with something fun. Uh, obviously Jokic flamed out of the playoffs. He had his big old flagrant foul. I don't think it should have been, a, I don't think it should have been an ejection, but he also got to be a little smarter than that. He wanted to fight Devin Booker. His brothers wanted to fight Devin Booker. I was a little scared for Devin Booker, but he's out of the playoffs. And then we saw him horse riding and riding in like these like weird little hippo carts things. So that prompted us, or at least I, to think about who is the one player you want to hang out with the most in the NBA. Karina gave me her response yesterday. I'll see if it's changed. I'm going to change it. <laughs> it has changed. Yesterday, I will not say, I will not expose. She can expose herself if she wants to. I will not do it. But who is your uh, pick for who do you want to hang out with the most in the NBA? Okay, so unsurprisingly, it's another Raptors player, uh, and it's Kyle Lowry. Sure. Because he is just one of the most sarcastic athletes I've ever met, and he just seems like a really fun person to hang out with. Like, he's just, he's so smart, and he knows how to mess mm. with people, and I feel like if I ever hung out with him for a day, we'd just go around, like, pranking people, <laughs> and it'd be, like, so fun. That is, and that I'm is not a good exposing one. myself for my answer yesterday. Okay, so. fine. Because I, I had to specifically write in a, a requirement for the pick here because Karina picked someone else for a different reason. Um, People can feel free to speculate. Yeah, absolutely. We are taking all submissions. It's at ShootShotPod on Twitter. You can please tweet us your, your guesses as to who you think it may have been or why you think it may have been that player. Um I, 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 I'm either going with Nikola Jokic because Jokic just seems like such a fun dude who's in his own world. He is just in, he just does whatever the hell he wants. He seems like a goofy living guy. living his best life. Yeah, and he just seems super goofy. He seems like the most down-to-earth person. Um, but I'm going to go with Kevin Durant because I think Kevin Durant is just, not even just, I think I, him and Kevin Durant and I could just talk for hours about anything. Because he is just, he seems like the most, he seems like just a thoughtful guy who you, you can see he likes to have fun on his own terms. And I, I would just, I'd be very curious to like, just be with Kevin Durant and hang, hang out with him for like a day and just like, see what he does, you know, see what he enjoys to do. You know, like we can play video games. We can just chat about the league that all those kind of things. I'm just, I'm very curious to just talk to Kevin Durant. He's always been someone I've always wanted to just talk to and just figure out more about him uh the other one i was thinking about was Giannis, obviously because Giannis again just much to the dismay of someone else on this podcast uh i think he's a very he seems like a very nice guy he seems like he likes to have fun he seems like outside of basketball he likes to just like you said he just Brad, likes to watch his tv shows and hang out with his son bradshaw lives to just expose me <laughs> every day just completely airs me okay <laughs> i see how it is <laughs> so Giannis or Jokic would be my runner-up and then kevin durant just because i'd like to hang out with kevin durant uh i think that's it i think i think that's i think that's just about it I think that's we, it i think is We're there anything recording for like five minutes what the nba i don't think the nba has had anything else come out uh since we started recording so i think we're good 
the NBA settled down for a little bit to give us a chance to record here. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Karina, do you have anything you want to add at the end here? Get sleep. <laughs> sleep is important. Karina's very Especially tired. with all this information. Yes, I went to bed at 1.30 last night. Insane. Which for Karina is insane. That is nuts. Insane. Yeah. That's that's good. That's the only time she's going to do that for a while. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Um, we'll be back probably next week to talk about the conference finals. Uh, coming up, we're going to have a little bit of... It'll be a little different coming up. I might have some guests on. Karina gets a little busier, busier than she already is. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna have some guests on. Karina might be making an appearance here or there for a little bit. But still, we're still going to be coming back with some NBA content whenever uh, there's NBA news. Because there's always NBA news because the NBA doesn't know when to stop doing stuff. Never takes a day <laughs> off. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. As I said earlier, uh, follow us on Twitter at ShootShotPod. Follow me on Twitter at OMG Bradshaw and Karina at KarinaMM. Uh, thank you guys so much. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot.